I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed Friday night with Pastor. God has really laid on my heart some many ministering messages for you and I. And I know tonight, in the name of Jesus, it'll be the same. But before we get there, we need to pray. We need to pray every single day, all throughout the day, for our country, our county, our city, one another, our brothers and sisters all over the world. And now we're entering into, unfortunately, shortages of things. And so we've got to depend on God more than ever. We should be doing that all along, but sometimes when we're in need, that seems to pull us closer. So I'm glad for that, and we're believing revival. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and that you do provide. Yes, you do. You do meet our needs. And Lord God, we continue to lift up our president and the administrative staff that he is using. God, help him to be sovereign. Help him, oh Lord God, to do the things that you lead him to do, to get our country back where it needs to be, not only stronger in the faith, but also our economy, also to protect lives as well. Lord God, we pray for our county, our judge that makes the decisions for Bell County, our city and the officials that make the decisions if they are going to be differently for our city, the city of Colleen. Lord God of heaven, we thank you that you are our God and we can depend on you. And we lift up those that may be discouraged that you would encourage tonight, those that may be weak in body that you would strengthen. Oh, Lord God, pull us all closer to you based upon thy word, because that's the only way we're going to know you, is thy word and following it. Oh, Lord God of heaven, we thank you so much. And we lift up our brothers and sisters all over the world and other countries that are really having a far worse time than we are, God. And so, God, we ask that you would be with them and let miracles begin to manifest themselves all over the world in your local bodies, Oh, Lord God, begin to move like never before, even tonight in this particular service and also Sunday morning and Sunday evening. We thank you again for all your many blessings. We thank you for all your provisions that you will bring to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, I'm sensing the Lord. I believe you are as well. And so I know I keep on mentioning our food pantry, but... I want you to know it's there, and we've got quite a bit of food, and it's available. So if you need it, please contact me so that we can go ahead and distribute it to you so that we can help one another in this crisis. Now, tomorrow we do have a work day at the Tabernacle to try to move quite a few heavy boxes and some other things to the temple. Now, tomorrow it's just for men since there's mostly... Heavy lifting is going to be just for men, young men as well. And so if you're sick in any way, please stay at home. But we need help, men. Men, 9.30 tomorrow, come prepared to work as long as it may be necessary to get those items moved over. Now our Sunday services will continue to be limited to 70 in the morning and 70 in the evening. And so the sign-up genius, of course, will be out very soon with the new dates. Those that have already signed up for different time slots, you're already on there. But again, I'm going to make some changes soon uh, because still a few people I have not heard from and they haven't been in several services. And so we need to make room for others that may want to attend the morning service. 
And so we got to make way for even the visitors that will be coming. God is on the move. This is when he excels in crises. Now we are, again, going to maintain social distancing. We are encouraging the wearing of masks or gloves or both. It is not required. Uh, we encourage that when you come in, find a seat, begin to meditate and pray. That's important. And when service is over, whenever that may be, go outside to fellowship in the air where the wind is blowing. And now we need to be very careful. I think this past Sunday, because of the humidity, the floors got a little slippery. We're going to try to prevent that. In fact, we will prevent that this Sunday morning in the name of Jesus. God has really been moving with his word, and I'm so grateful for it. Main thing, above all, is to worship Jesus. Seems like we're beginning to open up more and move around more and understand there's plenty of room, no matter where we may be, at the altar or outside of our seat in an aisle. We can still maintain the distances that we need to, but let's open our heart and give it all we've got to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, our future services Wednesday will be live stream only. I don't know when we'll end that. We'll relook at it sometime in May and see what uh, the judge is going to uh, kind of make a decree on for Bell County, see where we're at with the virus, and we'll make a determination then. Again, Friday Night with Pastor uh, has been, I believe, very effective. I've enjoyed it, and I believe you have as well. I do want to ask you, I have asked you earlier in these live streams when we first begin, when you begin to respond in the chat section, try to maintain only in response to the service. Try to avoid talking to one another. That's not what that chat is for. That chat is there so that you can participate in the services, so that you can take a part. And so we want it to remain, but please try to do that if you will for me. Again, Sunday morning at 11, Sunday night at 6. Now tonight, I want to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture found in the book of Psalms, and I want to kind of go into some areas. Recently, our daughter uh, began to share some things with us about uh, the Kidron Valley and about the prayer that David made in Psalms 23. And it gave a lot of insight. I began to do some studying starting yesterday and throughout the day today. And the Lord has really put something on my heart to stress tonight and, and to really try to bring home tonight. Because I know you know it's important to live for God, but now more than ever, it's so vital to live for God because He's coming. And we've got to be sure that we are ready, that we are doing our utmost to follow every, every precept in the Word of the Lord. Now, hopefully by now you have your Bibles, you have notebooks, and so we're going to turn to Psalms 23. Many of you can quote this. I'm going to turn to it myself. Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, hallelujah. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Referencing there to his word. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo! Glory to God. I tell you, I, I never get weary of reading the whole book of Psalms, but especially this particular one in 23. Amen. I want to focus tonight on the valley of the shadow of death. Again, our daughter began to, about a week and a half ago or so, began to share with us some things that she had recently learned about Psalms 23 and about the Kidron Valley that runs east and southwest of Jerusalem. And so I want to talk about that a little bit if I can. First of all, I want us to get ready to turn to 2 Samuel 15, 23. But as we look at this valley, of course it's kind of a weather-type creek. It's a seasonal creek. It depends on the rains. It's not always got water in it. It's not a very long valley at all, but there's a lot of historical facts and biblical meaning of this valley. And it's not a very deep valley. Of course, the Mount of Olives is on the east of that and somewhat to the southwest of it as well. Of course, just east of that is the Garden of Gethsemane. And so there's a lot of things that happen on the top of Mount Olives, just east of the temple was the Mount of Transfiguration where he went up to pray. And, and I'm telling you, there's just so much there that we need to look at. 2 Samuel 15, 23, All the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness because it's not far as you go east to where you get into the Judean desert. And so can you just picture this scene as King David, a man after God's own heart, Woo. because of his son Absalom and his rebellion and trying to overthrow his kingship. He left on his own accord and the people followed him. In fact, there were times he said for some of them to go back. And as he walked across the brook Kidron, we're going to see in another verse in the same chapter, verse number 30, 2 Samuel 15, 30, that the king covered his head took off his shoes and wept as he crossed the brook Kidron. Let's read it. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up and his head covered and he went barefoot and all the people that was with him covered every man his head as they went up, weeping as they went up. Now, this really goes back to Psalms 23 because I'm going to tell you how this relates Psalms 23 to this particular moment 
And I have to give you some other scriptures if I can that we're going to be looking at so that you will understand where I'm coming from. Second Chronicles chapter 28, 1 through 3. And then later we're going to look at Jeremiah 31 and 40. Understanding scripture is so vitally important. And putting things together rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth is paramount. And so as we begin to look at this valley here, Valley of Kidron. But it was divided. It was divided. And halfway at the horse gate right there, westward was a different name for the valley. And so we're going to look at this if we can. In Second Chronicles, chapter 28, 1 through 3. Now stay with me. I'm laying a foundation tonight. I know where I'm going. I know where the Lord is taking us. I know what he wants to say, but I've got to lay this foundation so you can understand the prayer of David, the Psalm of David in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As he was crossing this valley, this valley is known as the shadow of the valley of death. As he was crossing over, weeping and mourning, barefoot, he was going through the shadow of the valley of death. He said, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. Wow. Think about this. In this crisis that we're having, or anything that you may be up against, anything that you seem is more powerful and greater than you are, you've got to understand it may seem like death to you or shadow to you or darkness to you. But God is with you and He is your shepherd. Now, Second Chronicles 28. I'm getting fired up as you can tell. And you ought to be too at home. Hazai, 20 years old, when he began to reign. And he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. But he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. There was a big difference when the kingdom split between the kings of Israel and the kings of Jerusalem or Judah. More kings of Judah followed the precepts of God. And almost all kings of Israel went against them. He made also molten images of Balaam. Moreover, he burned incense in the valley of the son of Hindom. And so he burnt children in the fire after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord hath cast out before the children of Israel. I want you to get a picture of this. They were sacrificing their children to these false gods. Moloch being one of them. And they would actually create a big fire at the bottom of this valley and burn their children as offering Israel now, Jewish people, right outside of the city of David in the west-southwest part of this valley. They burnt their children Therefore, it became the valley of death. It became the valley of hell. It became the valley of sorrow. It became the valley of lamenting, mourning, groaning. So as he walked into that valley, he understood what was taking place there years before him. He was walking through basically... Hell. He was walking through the shadow of death 
all the children of Israel being sacrificed in that valley. Oh my. And so part of that valley is named after a hero of the son of Hendon. And so that word Hendon actually means to lament. And so later on in Jeremiah 31 and 40, and I know I'm giving you a lot of foundation, but you've got to understand this to get where I'm coming from. It, it, it is history, but it's important biblical history that we've got to understand what David was saying when he said, I don't fear when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death where all these children, these Jewish children, the heritage of the Lord, were offered to Moloch and burned as a sacrifice there. And so we see here later, later on, Jeremiah the prophet wrote, in chapter 31, verse 40, and the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and all the fields under the brook of Kindron, under the corner of the horse gate. Remember I told you about the horse gate westward is the valley of Hindum. And the horse gate eastward is the valley of Kindron. And so we're going to see here that he said, towards the east shall be holy unto the Lord. It shall not be plucked up nor thrown down forever. And so everything from that horse gate, south-southwest, is an abomination. And even today, when you stand up on the city of David, or you stand up on the Mount of Olives, or you stand somewhere high in the city of Jerusalem, and look, you can see the difference between the valley of Kidron and the valley of Hendon. And you can see it, you can see it, Nothing grows over there south to southwest. It's bearing. There's no sunlight. Hardly ever hits it, so it's a shadow. And that's why it's called the shadow of the valley of death. Over on the other side of the valley of Kidron, you will see beautiful things there. You will see Israel. They're, they're dead, buried there, because that's at the eastern gate, do you understand? It's holy unto the Lord. In fact, Unfortunately, you've got to pay big money to be buried there. I mean, big money to be buried there. And so, but on the other side, it's barren. It's barren. All the souls of those children, the ashes, the ashes remain from the horse gate south, southwest. So that was the shadow of the valley of death. And so I hope that you understand more when you read Psalms 20. 23, read it again. Read it again, understanding where David was walking and what he was thinking. Here his own child was trying to take his kingdom. And he was walking across where who knows how many hundred thousands of children were freely, by parents, sacrificed to a false god, Molech. It's tragic. And I know that you and I right now would say, Oh, that is so terrible. That, how could anyone do that? Well, I want to talk to us. This is what the Lord laid on my heart to talk about. Listen to me. You see, children are an heritage of the Lord. They are the next generation. What about our children? What about our grandchildren? Are we really teaching them the importance of the Word of God? Are we really, really protecting them from the things 
of this world that can destroy their soul? Or are we letting our guard down? Yes, we wouldn't put them through the fire. We wouldn't kill them. God forbid, I understand that. But are we destroying their souls by being lax? Being, well, it really doesn't matter. I'm trying to keep from weeping and crying here because how many children fall out of church? How many children that used to weep and cry in the services and you heard them speak in tongues and they used to worship God and they get a little older and then they're gone. You can't just blame it on them. What was there in their upbringing? I realize they're their own person. I'm not trying to bring brain tonight. I'm trying to wake us up and sober us that our children are the most important thing we have other than our own salvation. It's more important than your job. It's more important than your joy. It's more important than your peace. Our children, our grandchildren are everything. God gave them to us to train them up in the way that they would go so that when they were old, they would not depart thereof. How many of you even still say prayers with your children or grandchildren? Recite the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Tell them, what is the name of God? How are we baptized? How do we know we've got the Holy Ghost? How many of your children begin to remind you that, hey, we shouldn't be Looking at that, we shouldn't be listening to that. We shouldn't be saying that. If you train them right, they'll help you. They'll at times catch you and say, Oh, Papa. Oh, Nine Nine. Oh, Mom. Oh, Dad. Tonight is not meant to hurt you. Tonight is to show you that David went through a valley where children were killed. And he feared not, for the Lord was with him. He knew that the Lord would anoint him and his cup would overflow and surely goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. But the Lord told me tonight to emphasize our children. Listen, listen, parents, grandparents. Pray for your children like you have never prayed before. We are. We are at the door. We are at the door. I mean, look at the world. Look at what's happening. It seemed like overnight our world went into a shadow. You better hear me. Our world went into darkness. Are we weeping? Are we mourning? Are we gathering our children together and say, hey, hey, let's worship God. Hey, pastors on live stream, let's watch it. Hey, Let's, let's read the Word of God. Hey, look what God gave me today. I realize that, that children need to have wholesome activity, fun. I understand that. I understand that. But they need God more than they need anything else in their life. They are entering into a new world. They are entering into a new norm of society. They're going to face things at a young age that we never even dreamed that would come upon this earth. 
This is just the beginning of sorrows. That's what the Bible says. We've got to equip our children. My heart is breaking. Hear me tonight, church. Hear me tonight, church. I want to say this kindly. As parents, I realize in this age in which we live, parents want to be best friends. You're not, you're not designed to be a best friend. You're designed to parent them. I know sometimes it seems hard and your heart is breaking and you seem like you're, you're, you're too hard on them. But what is the alternative? The alternative is they turn their back on God. And they're destroyed with drugs, alcohol, perverse living. Watch for the signals. Parent, listen to me. Watch for the signs. When they begin to act differently, talk differently, they begin to look differently. If I may, boys, their hair, they begin to get too fascinated and fixated with their hair. Or girls. With how they look. I realize it's important to look good. I understand that. But our soul has got to be right with God. Our heart's got to be right with God. And our children are crying out, won't somebody, won't somebody help me find peace? That's why they turn to video games. That's why they turn to various things. That's why they turn to music. That's why they turn. Because for a moment, it helps them forget what's going on inside. The Word of God will do the same. The Spirit of God will do even more. Prayer. Prayer. Our children need to know how to pray. To raise their voice. To lift their voice and pray. Amen. To sing the songs of Zion and church. Amen. To clap their hands. To say amen to the preacher when he's preaching the word of God. Tonight, my heart is breaking and it's heavy. It's not so much about the history that I brought tonight of these valleys or what happened. No, no, no. We, we can't change what happened 2,000 years ago or so, 3,000 years ago, but we can change what's happening now. We can change what's happening now. We need to reevaluate. Please listen to me. You can't go and undo past actions. You can repent and start right now doing what you know to do. Making up your mind. There's going to be a change in this house. There's going to be a change in this house. We're going to do our best to live according to the Word of God. We are going to look around and get those things out that are not supposed to be here and bring those things that are into the home. It's so vitally important. I know that once a child gets to be an adult, they're going to choose for themselves. I understand that. And we're not accountable for how they choose. But when they're in our home, 
and they're not that adult, we need to do our very best to lay such a foundation that they won't depart. And if for some reason they do, it will only be for a season like a second. And they will realize God is the answer. God is the answer. Grandparents, you and I that are grandparents, we have just as much responsibility as parents. I realize our authority goes only so far. It cannot exceed what a parent has. But we can live the right life before them. And we can talk about God all the time. When's the last time you really praised God in front of your children? Or you spoke, not just at a prayer for a meal, but you really began to talk about the goodness of God and the land of the living. It's unfortunate for Absalom, as we know, that his hair got caught into an oak tree and he was killed. And God restored David. But the point is this. Even though David was going through a very hard time emotionally, this was his son now, turning on him. Listen to me, parents. Turning on him. He still trusted God. He still said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even though I walk through this valley of a shadow, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. His rod and thy staff, they comfort me. His word, comfort me. You'll be amazed at how your children, it may not be instant. You know, they're not instant rice or instant potatoes, okay? It takes time, but you need to start, please. You need to start. Work on being consistent. Work on it. Please work on it for your children's sake. And you will see as time goes, you will hear things out of their mouth about God that will amaze you. They will amaze you how they can have a relationship with the Almighty. Amen. Don't ever underestimate their little heart, their little soul, and soaking up the goodness of God. Tonight, with Pastor, as you can probably tell, my heart is so overwhelmed for your children, as well as my children, and your grandchildren, as well as my grandchildren, many of your children and your grandchildren. I have seen since infancy, growing up, many of them I have baptized. Help pray through to the Holy Ghost. I want them saved. I want them ready, just like I want you ready. So tonight, I wanted to share this with you. And I believe the Lord will touch you and bring. Conviction is not bad, sweet pea. I need it. You need it. It's not bad. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But let's move to a place of correction when we have it. God help me. God help them. 
That is my prayer, to die daily, to be what God wants me to be. Even though I may fall real short, I'm striving for perfection or maturity to understand that while they are young, I've got to do my best to live it before them, speak it, live it, teach it, so that they might know the word of the Lord. The Lord bless you tonight. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine His face upon you. And the Lord undergird you. Many of you I will see Sunday. Others I know you're tuning in live stream. We understand that. We love you as well. The Lord bless all of you this evening. Good night.